The Words of Our Mouths, The Meditations of Our Hearts by Nori Mueller was presented at Community Training 2023. This talk will invite listeners to consider how daily conversation with the God of the universe shapes and changes our lives. Participants will spend time in stillness, silence, meditation, and prayer. Nori is a Veritas mom of four, administrative team member, softball coach, and Greenville native. Through life's suffering and grief, she has learned how to lament and is still learning how to pray. Her favorite place to pray is her screened-in porch, where you can find her most mornings with a cup of coffee. Enjoy! Um, I had the privilege to lead the prayer portion of our staff retreat. I was not asked to do that. I actually raised my hand for that one uh, because I love prayer, and prayer has become something that's very um, rich in my spiritual life for me. Um, John thought it might be worth recycling. I don't know if that's true, but we'll find out. Um, I do. I did feel like they have, both John and Adam have encouraged me before just to recycle talks. And I'm always like, I don't even know what you mean by that. Um, I'm not a professional speaker like they are that can do that. But for this one, I felt like I think it could go again and again um, just because there's so much to say about prayer. And I'm just giving a caveat at the beginning that like I'm not going to get into everything that I've studied and read. And I'm just now realizing I didn't bring my books in here, but I have some books and I'll get them before we leave. Um, For you guys, if you need a reference for a good book for for prayer and just an encouragement in your prayer time, I have a whole pile that you can kind of look through. Um, I think one reason that um, I love prayer so much is because no matter how much I do it or get into it or study about it, Um, I continuously learn something about the Lord through it, and I'm just changed um, when I'm doing it, and I'm growing when I do it. Um, And that's just the grace of God um, that I've been changed by prayer. Before I go any further, I'm going to read a poem, not a prayer, but it's by Mary Oliver. Um, This book is from Ginger Friesen. If you haven't met Ginger, she's lovely. She might be in this room. I don't know. Um, And she loves Mary Oliver, and she loves sharing good words. So this poem is called Praying. It doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. Just pay attention. Then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but the doorway into thanks, into silence, in which another voice may speak. I love that. Probably a decade or so ago, I read a book by Paul Miller, um, and it's called A Praying Life. And I think that's when I started to begin to change through prayer. Um, Probably more than any other book, I recommend that book to people, uh, just because it's so accessible and it's so practical. Um, He has a daughter who has special needs and he just shares lots and lots of stories about how that has stretched him and about how prayer has helped him love his daughter Kim. Um, From that book I started to pray prayers just out loud with my kids more often. This was probably like 10 years ago and I just started praying in the car when they were with me and they were fighting um, blessings before school, prayers after me blowing up and needing to repent Prayers for parking spaces. He actually writes about that. Um, We love praying for parking spaces now and small things. And I just found it to be a wonderfully helpful book. And I'm thankful for his openness in writing about those experiences. Um, 
I do think that's when my praying life started to change. But um, it became something much different in um, the year 2015 when I think this descent into a valley for me in my life began. Um, I really think that suffering in the Christian life is the way to know Christ, and it's when we become most like Christ in suffering. Um, All that I'm going to say, I'm going to kind of summarize a series of events very quickly. If you're like, wow, she's saying that without a lot of tears. Don't worry, there's been plenty of those, and there are still more to come, sure. Um, But I'm just going to say it so that you can kind of understand where I was at when I really, really began to change uh, my prayer life. Um, In the year 2015, uh, my husband, Charlie, suffered a couple of seizures. He couldn't drive for six months. Um, Then not a year later, my older sister became estranged from our family. Haven't seen her in over seven years. She's one of my best friends um, in the whole world. In 2018, my younger sister, my other best friend, um, she was 27 years old. She texted me. We texted every day, talked every day. She went to sleep. She didn't wake up. She went to be with Jesus. Um, And then in 2022, my older brother, I only have three siblings, he was diagnosed with cancer. His name's Stefan. He's okay. But um, all of that happened. (laughs) And that's a lot to happen to a person. Um, And I'd say more than anything else, I think learning to lament is really how I learned how to pray. Um, The Psalms are my most favorite book, and they brought me closer to Christ. He brought me closer to him through the Psalms. Um, He taught me what it means to be near to the brokenhearted and and to be near to those who are needing saving. Because we are going to be crushed in spirit. It's not that um, he'll save us before we're crushed in spirit. It's that you're crushed in spirit and he saves you. Uh, my prayers from the valley were not unheard or unanswered is what I found. And they weren't really great prayers in the sense of um, we think lots of words or complex sentences. <laughs> I remember a time when the only thing I could pray was, um, and this is written in journals for like over a span of like two years. At the end of it, I would write, I can trust you. Help me trust you. And that was, that was the prayer. Um, we're going to talk about praying good prayers. Not all of this is about my life. I'm just trying to give you an overview of why I'm standing up here talking about prayer. Um, the Lord's still seeing me through lots of those hardships, and I'm still learning about his faithfulness through prayer. Um, I don't have an MDiv. I have never taken, like, a course at a seminary. That would be cool. Uh, but it's not, not what, that's not what has happened. Um, but I do have uh, the Lord his spirit living in me. And I think by his grace that you can find some of this encouraging. Um, One of the books I'll I'll bring out and I'll leave them on the table for y'all just to come by anytime and look um, is by Dallas Willard. It's called Hearing God. I read that this summer. If you've never read Dallas Willard, he's great. It's kind of weird to me that I'm just me and you're going to hear his name later in Ben Wallace's talk. Uh, Me and Ben are kind of like discovering Dallas Willard together. It's really interesting. Um, But he read a book called Hearing God and it's about the conversational nature of prayer. So often we think about prayer as like making prayer speeches to God. In the book, he talks about how uh, prayer is a conversation. So there has to be listening to God as well. This is what he says um, as his definition of prayer. Prayer is talking to God about the things that me and God are working on together. I love that. I think it's so simple and clear. If you're not doing anything together, you won't have much to talk about. 
And he talks about how there are living prayers and there's dead prayers. Living prayers have like a life of their own. Um, They support us instead of us supporting them. Um, Dead prayers are prayed by people to whom prayer doesn't make sense. And they're just praying because they're supposed to. And they don't really see any connection between praying and the rest of their life. And one of the hindrances to prayer, the greatest hindrance, he says, is that people don't believe it makes a difference. Um, That's not a prayer problem. It's a faith problem. Charles Spurgeon agrees. He says this, As well could you expect a plant to grow without air and water as to expect your heart to grow without prayer and faith. As well could you expect a plant to grow without air and water as to expect your heart to grow without prayer and faith. Um, Willard talks about how people may have a theoretical faith, um, meaning that they believe in God and they say these things, but again, there's no connection but they lack a practical faith. And this is how this is the test for if you know if you have a theoretical faith or a practical faith. Um, the mark of a person who believes theoretically is that the last thing they'll think about to do, a pro- like about a problem or a hardship or a trial, is pray. That'll be the last thing that they do. Paul Miller says, the only way to know how prayer works is to have complete control and knowledge of the past and the present and the future. In other words, you can figure it out if you're God. But for the rest of us, there is faith. So if you're like, oh, I want to come to an understanding during this 30-minute talk of how, to, how prayer works, that's not available to you. But you can have faith that it does. Um, and you can find that the more you do it, um, the more your life will change. How can we have faith to pray? It's really important to know what you think about God. Um, Willard talks about how pretty much all problems for people in life come from um, wrong thinking of the Lord and in turn wrong thinking of ourselves. Do you easily think of him as a loving father who wants to talk to his children? Do you view God as a waiting father in the parable of the two sons looking out for his rebellious one to come home? Do you believe that he's the giver of all good things? Do you think of him like that? Or do you think of him as a judge, as sighing and rubbing his brow at your failure or as distant, uncaring, or simply too busy to deal with the fact that your children are fighting constantly and driving you insane. It matters how you view them, because when something happens in your life, something good, something bad, something joyous, something hard, the first thing you want to do is tell people you love about it, right? You want to call somebody. I call my mom like almost every day just to tell her stupid stuff. Why do I do that? Because I know my mom loves me. Why don't I tell God anything. Um, To the extent that you believe that the Lord loves you, he really actually loves you, you will want to talk to him. It's a matter of faith, of believing in his love for you and understanding that any love you have for him actually comes from him. And Willard says that in this way, love leads us to prayer. Um, You don't have to write this verse down because you all know it. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Um, We are told to pray without ceasing, and that that's the will of God. When you know, you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. That's not true. We know what he wants us to do. He wants us to pray without ceasing, to make our requests known to him, to experience experience new morning mercies. Um, 
it's that mundane conversation, that conversation I have with my mom every day. That's how the love grows. That's how I experience his riches and mercy is by daily praying and meeting with him. And the more we pray, the more we take time to pray those living prayers because living prayers take time. Um, And the more our lives really begin to change. It's one thing to know about prayer and you could just like study it and learn how to do it. And you can know saints who've done it well and listen to them talk about it. But it's really a completely different thing to say, I'm going to pray daily for 50 years. Like, if you started praying today and prayed every day, morning, midday, and evening prayers, do you think it would make a difference in your life? Um, John 15, 5 says, Christ says, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, you don't, we don't pray because we're qualified to pray. We pray because we know we're not qualified to live our life on our own. Um, we pray because we know that left to ourselves, life would be meaningless. And just the, the very action of saying our Father or coming to him by bowing your knee, that's humility. Prayer is humility in action. Um, so how do we do it? Well, Jesus tells us that too. Um, I've always known it as the Lord's Prayer, but as I was studying about prayer, I came across what the Catholic faith um, calls the Lord's Prayer. Anybody want to answer that? What is it called in the Catholic faith? It's called the Our Father. That's right. Um, That's a good reminder for us, I think. I love that. Um, That as I come to him, it gives me a clue as how he wants me to pray to him. Um, Like I'm a child talking to my good father. But what do I say? Um, So many times we want to clean ourselves up and say the right things. We want to pray the right things. Um, This quote is probably worth me writing on the board in a minute. um, And I will. C.S. Lewis says this, It is no use to ask God with fictitious earnestness for A, when our whole mind is in reality filled with a desire for B. We must lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. We must lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. My kids will say sometimes, let's go to the farmer's market. And I know what they're doing. My kids don't care about vegetables or artisans or handmade items that much. Um, Does anyone want to guess what they want? A popsicle. They want the king of pops. That's right. Uh, But they perceive that asking me, they think asking mom for a popsicle is like the most ridiculous thought. So they think that if they can just get me to say yes to this one thing, that maybe when they're there, they can hound me and get the thing they actually want. And I think we do the same thing with God. We have perceptions of what we believe he wants, and so we pray those. Instead of just like praying the thing, like, please, Lord, help me, um, help me do this math problem. Instead, we think we have to pray some grand prayer of like, help me have humility and patience with my child as I do that. No, like just say, can you give me insight on doing this math problem? How about a parking space? Like, it's okay to ask for what's on your heart because he knows it anyway. Um, it's being honest with him. Um, why is it hard to, to do that? Why is it hard to be like a little kid? I think it's because we have this lie from the pit of hell, from the time we're born in our minds, that God doesn't care about what you care about. That it's stupid or dumb, or you've been asking so long, that he hasn't done anything, so it must mean that he doesn't care. At the root of that, it's just a belief that he doesn't love us. And... Um, 
It's also hard because when we don't have something we need, like little children, like when our life is just going great, you might not think to pray and to thank God for it because we're self-centered, like little kids when they're playing and they're just having a good time. We get um, into our days and we get busy with our lives and we just kind of forget that all good things come from him. So we're fine to live without prayer. Um, And sometimes that's not just on good days. Sometimes we're prideful. I mean, my MO is just to like handle hard things myself instead of pray. Um, Thanks be to God that I'm in a community of people, especially on our leadership team, where I'm encouraged to take things to him first instead of trying to handle them with the strength I don't even have. Um, Is prayer about making a schedule, following a formula, self-denial, a strong will, our effort? Yeah, actually, maybe it is about some of those things. I, I think that sometimes we're too much on the, oh, well, I, I, if I make a schedule, then it's legalism. No, like some of y'all need a schedule. Like you need accountability. Uh, I do too. Um, but those things alone, if they were done by themselves, would not lead you to success in prayer. Um, another book uh, by Tyler Statton, um, Praying, praying Like Monks, I think is, is part of the title. Um, it's a, he says this, A yes to this kind of kingdom vision, as in a prayer life that is full and rich, looks less like gritting our teeth and more like a king dancing in a priest's underwear. It looks less like putting our nose to the grindstone and more like Jesus smiling ear to ear on the back of a donkey half his weight. It looks less like intensity and a lot more like joy. Um, the reason we're praying is love. We have the love of God only because he first loved us. Um, and when we really take time to consider that and what that means and to ponder that, we will be overwhelmed by his great love for us. But it does take time. It takes time. And we're not great at that. Um, we like to move on to things. We're not good at the waiting. I was struck by that verse earlier that John read um, from, uh, I think it was Lamentations. And it talks about waiting on God for salvation. And waiting means taking time means um, not immediately getting what you want. And um, the Lord may require that of you in prayer, to just wait. Dallas Willard says that you can't have a life of living prayer and have life as usual. Um, Learning to pray without ceasing will change your life. And if you don't know how to do that, he says, I love this, just find something good and pray for it. If you don't know what to pray for, God is for good things. John just talked about that. He is for that. Good things come from him, right? Just pray for something good. If you don't know what to pray about, go for the good. On the flip side of that, lament the bad. Um, another book I didn't bring, but um, couldn't find my copy. It's by Mark Vogop. If you want to know about lament, it's called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. It's one of the best books I've read on lament. Um, I'm probably saying his last name's wrong. It starts with a V and an R. It's very difficult. Um, but it's a great book. If, if you don't know what to pray, and you, but you know about hard things, pray hard things. Lament those. God does not take delight in our suffering. Willard says, Nothing is too insignificant or too hopeless to bring before God. We share all things with God by lifting them to him in prayer and ask for his guidance, even or perhaps especially in those things we think we already understand. And remember, this talk was for our staff at um, the retreat we had. And especially that quote, and I think it applies to us too, maybe in co-teaching or parenting. Um, We tend to not ask for guidance with things that we think we already understand. 
Um, some of y'all may have may be co-teaching like in your, I don't know, 10th year. Um, it would not surprise me one bit if you already feel like, yeah, I know how to do stuff. I already know how to educate children. Um, I probably wouldn't even doubt you if you said it. That's great. Um, people who have older kids, I'm like, oh, well, you already, you know how to parent. You've, you've raised these wonderful 20 year olds. You must have some type of knowledge and understanding on the subject, but do you have so much knowledge and understanding of parenting children that you don't need to ask God for help to do it anymore? Or what about in your marriage? Have you been married so long? Everybody knows the answer to that, that you're just like, we're good. Uh, we don't need any more guidance. Um, it's especially in those things I think that we think we already understand that we need to remember to ask the Lord for, to search us and to know us, um, like the psalmist says, and to test us and to see if there's any anxious or offensive way in us. Um, like I said, you could read every book in the world on prayer and still not be comfortable with praying. Um, Richard Foster says, by praying, we learn to pray. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to learn to pray by praying. Um, that's what the groups are on the board. If you don't have a group, you're welcome to pick a group and, and go with a group. Um, let me tell you exactly what you're doing. This is a guide for you guys. Um, a prayer guide, if you will, before you start, um, fill in whoever, you don't have to pray out loud. It can be the same person twice. I'd love it if it were not the same person the whole time. Um, don't put that on anyone. But write in what you're willing to do and to pray, and it's pretty clear on the sheet um, what you're supposed to do. And there's some sitting in silence. Um, so that's why I write it ahead of time so that you don't have to interrupt your time um, with words, um, unnecessary words. Um, the silent part, um, there's a Mary Oliver quote on there that says stillness, one of the doors into the temple. I just think that um, we really need practice in being still. I'm chief, chief, chief of sinners. I'm not good at being still. I'm not good at resting. Um, but the more I do it, it is a muscle. I think the better I can become at it, and um, it takes me a while for my brain to be quiet, um, but reading a psalm always helps because I can kind of focus on something in that psalm and just repeat it to myself over and over. Um, so y'all are going to read Psalm 27 a couple of times, and um, one, of the, one of the things that someone's going to do in your group is to pray a prayer of praise to God for his attributes. I think a lot of times it's really easy to pray, you know, asking, requesting, those kind of things, or even thanking God for what he's done. Um, that's not, maybe it's not easy for you, but it's, you're able to do it if you look behind you. This is um, thanking God for who he is. It's a prayer of praise to God for his attributes. Not necessarily what he's done, but just, Lord, you're our shepherd. Thank you for being our shepherd. Thank you for being good. Thank you for providing me exactly what I need. Um, if you need a, a different passage to help you, we have Bibles in the, in the um, cabinet over there. But you're going to spend time doing that, and there's other prayers to pray. And at the end, you'll close corporately saying the Our Father together. Um, and if you have time at the end, um, I just wrote, please spend time talking about your experience with prayer. I'm encouraged there's so many people in here. I think that's awesome that we have people who want to pray together. And I think um, it's really important that our, our community be one of prayer. Um, the rooms upstairs, there's, I just know, I don't know which rooms they are. There's only three rooms being used, which means there's four available. So if you'll just peek without interrupting, 
Um, take sheets with you. Um, I probably have enough. I think I printed enough for everybody to have one. And stay in here if you like. Um, let me pray before we go and you practice praying. Heavenly Father, thank you for being good. Thank you for your love for us. Um, thank you for drawing us out of miry pits and sin and darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you that you hear our prayers. You really hear them and you're listening and you want to talk to us, Lord. Help us be still in this time. Help us listen. Help us be humble and honest in our prayers. Help us not make prayer speeches. Help us just pray the words that are on our hearts. Thank you for the people in this room who desire to know you more through prayer, Lord. Bless our time as we come to you. Help us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.